Open your Bibles today to the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John. The 11th chapter. 11th chapter, of course, you gospel brainiacs know that this chapter contains the story of Lazarus. I just want to borrow one portion of one scripture and go a different direction. John eleven twenty six. 26, amen. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this. Read that with me. Everybody in concert. You ready? And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? The title is simple today, and I hope to be short. What do you believe? Believest thou this? There's a question mark there. He's not making a statement. He's asking a question. Look at somebody and say, what do you believe? Bless your people, God, today and your, and your loved ones in this house, God. Sons and daughters of the Most High, visitors and saints, we ask you to strengthen our hand, encourage our heart, and renew our mind. And we give you all the praise, give you all of the glory. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. You can be seated. I realize the question doesn't need to be asked, but do you ever have reflective moments where you take a deep and serious look at your belief system? You stop somewhere along the way in life and you ask yourself, why do I think this way? Why do I believe it this way or that way? I'm not talking about doctrine here, I'm just talking about corner, corner posts of life. So much of what we believe, we were raised to believe that. I'm thankful for that. Just because it's tradition doesn't mean it's wrong. There's a lot of good tradition handed down. I realize that with that comes the possibility of bad tradition. When I first started preaching, Sister Churchill, I know you'll understand this, but uh, and I tried to evangelize for three years. Anyway, for the most part, I was in the Bible Belt in that Mid-South area and you couldn't even possibly think of getting in a man's pulpit with anything less than a white shirt on. It was just a tradition. I understand. I heard a, heard a lot of reasons and, and explanations. And if you're a visiting preacher, you don't ask questions. You just do what you're told to do. You might think you're a revolutionary, but we were called to be obedient to the man of God, even evangelists were. And, so, but times change, and we investigate why we think this way or why we believe that way. Things that maybe are unmovable in your life. I hope honesty is unmovable in your life. I hope loyalty is one of those corner posts in your belief system that you're not willing to compromise over. I'm loyal to this because I believe in this. I'm committed to that because I believe in that. And no matter how many skeptics or naysayers or modernists come along and try to tell me the Bible isn't accurate or there's error in the Bible, you've come way too late. See, that's deeply bedded in the loyalty system of my heart right now. What are you loyal to today? What do you believe in today? Family, I hope you do. I know that you've been taught just like every 
one of us have that it should line up like this in your system of mind. God first, family second, and work third. If you believe family comes before God, you're destined to be ruined. You need the blessing of God upon your relationship or your family or your children. It'll never happen if you put him after. What do you believe in today? What do you believe in this morning? What are the things that you're committed to? The bedrocks, the foundation of your belief system. Do you believe in heaven? I know that sounds silly to even ask such a question. Where flowers never fade and roses never die and tears never fall and pain never occurs and sickness is never heard of. There was a question or a poll taken and 90% of clergy members said, yes, I believe in heaven and I want to clap my hands in celebration of the 90%, but I automatically think, where's the other 10%? 70% of American citizens across the board, red, yellow, black, and white, educated or ignorant, rich or poor, from this part of the country or that part of the country, seven out of ten said that I believe in heaven and they believe that they are going there. And then occasionally there are these road, road signs along the way that seem to put a little water on my belief system that I, I think, I want to think that everybody good is going to go to heaven. Some of you loyalists, I know you, you think, oh, God forbid that he would say that. Look, in our hearts, we believe, we want to believe that good people go to heaven. But then the Apostle Paul, go ahead and look around like you're bewildered right now, but let's talk about your mother who's passed away. Your dad has passed away. But Paul comes along in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, and he said that there's no unrighteous individual ever going to see heaven. What do you believe today? Heaven is perfect. It can be no better. God could do nothing to make heaven better than it is. Do you believe in heaven today? Do you really believe it's a literal place, a physical place, where people will spend eternity? Jesus said in Luke 23, 43, he spoke about it, that place, to the thief on the cross. John said in Revelation 21, 2, I saw it. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Such a man caught up to it. The rich young ruler said in Luke 18, 18, how can I inherit it? you believe in heaven today? Let's analyze just a little more. Do you believe in hell today? 50% of those same American citizens, Brother Tim, said that they believe in hell. Only 50. 70% believe in heaven. Only 50% believe in hell. Out of all of those surveyed, less than 5% said that they, that they literally believe a place, a place, is prepared and that they are going to go there. 50% said it's real 
only 5% said, honestly, I think I may be going there. What's even more ghastly than that, more crazy to imagine, to get our mind wrapped around, is that same survey said 50%, only 50% of ministers, clergymen, believed in a literal hell. What do you believe in today? What do you believe in? Family? Good. I'm glad you believe in family. But 100 years from now, your family's going to be long gone. What eternal things do you believe in today? Heaven, everybody can believe in heaven. I want to go there. I want to pay the price. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to go there. But such, such challenge occurs when we talk about the opposite, the flip side of the coin. Jesus said this in Mark 9, 48 about hell. He said it's a place where the worm never dies and the fire never stops burning. I just believe this enough to say it this way today, that if Christians really believed in hell, we shake our head, we nod in acknowledgement, sure, I believe in it, but if we really believed in it, we wouldn't have to convince you to be at prayer meeting. We wouldn't have to cheerlead you to worship God. We wouldn't have to check on you why you haven't been in church in a month. We'd know if we really believe that a hell exists. Oh, that's what's wrong with the church. Too much fire and brimstone. You know what Billy Sunday? Billy Sunday wasn't apostolic, but Billy Sunday said something worth repeating. He said that I believe that if we had more hell fire preaching in the pulpit, we'd have less hell to deal with in the pew. If we preached about hell more behind the desk, we might have less to deal with in the office. We wouldn't have to convince people, Brother Rick, to be faithful to God. If we really believe that one day, what do you believe? Is it tied into your emotions? It's a place where friends and family unimaginably, unthinkably, might be right now there. No, my family's good people. They're not there. Someone said, and I quote, if we understood the agony of hell, we wouldn't want our worst enemies to go there. Unquote. How many of you believe in heaven today? Keep your hand up if you believe in hell. It's a scare tactic the church uses. Really? You know that Jesus spoke more often about hell than he did heaven? Count them. Just go through your Strong's Concordance and count them. Hallelujah. So if you believe in a literal place called heaven, a literal place called hell, then I assume that you believe every single soul that's ever breathed the breath in human existence will end up in one place or the other. Sorry, my Catholic friends, I love you today. I'm praying for you, but there's no such thing in the Scripture as purgatory. I don't say that to cast mud or be ugly with anybody, but I'm telling you, there's no limbo state. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when a man dies, Solomon said, the spirit returns to God from whence it came. If you believe in heaven, you believe in hell, you have to believe 
you have to deduce from that factor that everybody's going to be in one place or the other. That your parents are in one place or the other. That my dad is in one place or the other. Difficult to swallow, difficult to teach. How many times have we taught apostolic Bible studies and get a person to the point where they have divine revelation? And all of a sudden, if I've been asked this once, it's been a hundred times by the playoff. Wait a second. Are you saying that my parents are lost? I've been asked that so many times, it's, it's, you can't even count it. Please don't tell me that, that works won't get us to heaven because most, most Christians believe that because their parents were good people. Oh, we're being straight today, aren't we? I feel about as anointed as a frog right now. Just because of the, of the lack of participation between pulpit and pew, right? That's all right. I'm just going to trudge through it. It's not good works that get us there. I acknowledge that. There's no way you can do enough good things for God to say, come on in. You, you deserve it. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. But we must be obedient to the Bible. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Somewhere obedience has to play in to my relationship with God. I love you today. I do. Visitor, I love you. I want you to come back. There are a couple of places in the scripture I want to make you aware of this morning. There's a lot of signposts for the Jim Aldrich, a lot of them. Like 1 Corinthians 6, 9, the unrighteous won't enter there. Like 1 John 3, 15, if any man hates his brother, he's a murderer. And no murderer has eternal life abiding. Those are, just, those are signposts along the way to get my attention. Like, I can't harbor a grudge. I can't be hateful to anybody. I can't hold a grudge against you because God said that'll keep me out of heaven. You ever, you ever paddled upstream in a canoe? Not, not easy. Feel like I'm. Is it in there? Grab that for me, brother. I feel like I'm paddling upstream today. No telling the amount of baggage we bring to the, to the doorsteps of God's kingdom, hatred and unforgiveness and hostilities. And we hold on to things, not just days. Not a paddle, it's up. I know what you're saying. Not that kind of paddle, excuse me. Anybody remember the days when teachers were allowed to do this? Huh? Just a Churchill taught school all her life. You ever demonstrate your love for young people, sis? I bet you do. Probably my kids. But paddling upstream, I'm working. The, the, the flow says, no, this doesn't feel good to my flesh. The current says, but everybody thinks that way, Pastor Herring. Everybody thinks good people make it. Don't they deserve it? I'm not putting anybody down. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure glad that, that your parents were good people and, and my dad was a good man. I really believe that. But nowhere in Scripture is that one of the requirements for salvation. 
I'm not saying you can be bad either. But I'm just saying we've got to disqualify that type of thinking. What do, you, what do you believe today? You cannot come to God and enjoy fellowship, sweet fellowship with God. And, and 20 years ago, you, someone did you wrong. You're still holding on to that. God never allowed you to be a judge over anybody, even if you were violated by them. You cannot be in communion with God, healthy communion with God, as long as somewhere deep in the recesses of your heart, you're holding on to something in your life. I'll never forgive her. I can't, I'll never forget what he did. Somehow, someway. But there are signposts along the way, brothers. Little warnings God puts in our thinking. But there are two places in the scripture that they aren't signposts. They're, they're absolute, if I may, this isn't politically correct, but in a changing world, it's not politically correct. Yesterday, it was perfectly accurate. They call streets that you can't get out of, you have to turn around. What do they call them? Dead ends. These scriptures are dead-end scriptures. You have to deal with them. I don't care who you are. Ignore them. Put your fingers in your ears and act like you don't hear them. Walk out because your kid's crying when I'm talking about this. Sooner or later, you've got to deal with these two scriptures in the Bible. There's numerous things God uses to get your attention, but these two are absolute dead-ends. You can't turn around. You can't go forward. You must, you must answer call to these scriptures. First one is John 3, 5. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. Oh, where's my Pentecostal helpers today? Except a man is born again of water and Spirit, you cannot enter in two. Brother, that's cut and dry right there. There's no gray area there. There's no what about good people. There's no little side note over here in the marginal area. You've got to deal with that scripture, bro. Hey, sis, you have to deal with that. If you believe in heaven, you better find out what Jesus meant when he said, except a man is born again of water and of the spirit, you cannot enter into That's not my opinion. That's scripture. Somehow, some way, we've got to move everything out of our way. Every obstacle, every, every hindrance, every obstruction, every restriction. And dig and probe and search and hunger. Because Jesus said new birth is a heaven issue. You already said you believe in heaven. Jesus said new birth is a heaven issue. begs of us to figure out, to come to some genuine revelation of what Jesus is talking about. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. You cannot. You cannot. You can be a church member. You can be a tithe payer. You can feel the blessing of God. You can be in the choir. You can do a lot of things church-related, Brother Walter. 
You're not born of water and spirit. You're not going to a place that you even believe in. So the Bible said, so the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, and by the way, um, I know this is against the religious grain or direction or grind of, of systems and society, but I don't believe the sinner's prayer is found in Romans 10. I believe it's found in Acts 2.37. Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? They were convicted in their heart. You shouldn't shy away from or run from conviction in your heart. We get in the wrong environment, around the wrong people, there ought to be some conviction speaking to our heart. Hello. Then Peter said unto them, I love this. He said to repent. You get baptized, you haven't repented, you just got wet. You can get baptized, but if you haven't repented, my own cousin in that tank over there when we were in that building, my own cousin giving him a Bible study. And I've told you this before, so you won't be offended. I'm just telling you the facts of, of the occurrence. I'm just, I mean, I'd got to the point, thought we'd repented, thought we'd walked him through all the process. Weeks I'd been talking to him. Ticking about, hold your nose here, hold your lips there. I mean, I'm getting ready to dunk him. And he said, hang on a second. Does this mean I have to quit smoking? I felt like I had completely failed him at that point. His mind was on something that didn't need to be on. I thought we'd settled that issue. I'm not jumping down your throat if you have a habit. I pray God delivers you from the habit today, all right? I understand. I understand that old habits are hard to break. I'm praying for you. You're welcome in this church. You hear me? I'd rather you be here fighting the habit than out there just giving up on any effort at all. You come back. We'll love you, pray with you, support you. So that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point is I felt I failed you, my friend. If you don't repent, the rest of it doesn't mean anything. 42 times from the book of Romans to Jude, those epistles. 42 times the word repent or a derivative is used. Is used. Sorry, but there's no, there's no sinners being spoken to in those epistles. He's talking to church folks, how to keep you saved. And he said 42 times, repent. And be baptized. Some of you, you Pentecostal people, be baptized. You folks that got a blessing at camp meeting, go ahead and get baptized. That's not what he said. Jews and Elamites, dwellers from Mesopotamia, J Jerusalem was packed full of every form, every fashion, every style. He said, every one of you. Sorry. I, I don't believe in this religious nonsense out there that water baptism is a work of the flesh and it's only, it's only an, an accessory, not a necessity. They're not telling you the truth, brother. Jesus said, except you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter. Baptism is the water portion of John 3, 5. 
And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Romans 8 verse 9, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't even belong to Him. We don't need to argue that. Jesus' name, baptism is the water of John 3, 5. Infilling of the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of John 3, 5. And Jesus said, unless you're born again of water and spirit. I love you today enough to tell you that some of you have never even been to the altar, much less been in the baptismal tank. My, my former pastor didn't say that. That's why he's your former pastor. I believe that. You're slinging mud. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you because I want you to go to that place you said you believe in. And accept the man is born of water and spirit. He's not going. He's not going. Now it's going to get real quiet here, but I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm 24, 24 minutes into this. I'm going to stop here in five. You hear me? This scripture, it begs of us to take heed to. This is, this is not a signpost. This isn't a warning sign. This is a dead end. Jesus said plainly, 1 John 3, 5, unless you do this, you're not entering. I don't believe in that Holy Ghost stuff. Well, you better pray God shows you what he meant in John 3, 5 then. It's a heaven issue. And the second dead end that we must deal with, no matter your background, is Hebrews 12, 14. He said, follow peace with all men. And we love to accentuate the latter portion of that scripture, and I'll get there. But let's don't skip the first part. Follow peace with all men. You know what Paul said to Titus? Speak evil of no man. No man. Brother Paul, I know you don't care, but I'm a Republican, and I vote Republican. I vote every time there's a meaningful election, all right? I'm not apologizing. You can hate me for that. But we have no right, we have no right, we have no right to put a person down because of their political opinions. I believe what I believe. But he said, speak evil of no man. Democrat, Republican, nothing. I scratch my head at some of the idiots up there. You hear me? I don't like politics. But the truth of the matter is just I'm commanded. Don't speak evil of any man. You pray for him. You pray for him. I got news for you. I got news for you folks. Jesus was not a Republican. No, he wasn't a Democrat. He wasn't even an American, hello. But he said, follow peace with all men. You can have every outward, every outward trait down to perfection. But if you are at anything but peace with your brother, with family, with friends, if you hate your boss, get me wrong. I don't like tyrants. It's difficult to get along with some people. They make it difficult. But you can't hate anybody and go to heaven. Follow peace with all men. All. Hey, we don't have to hang out together at the baseball field or at the bear camp, at the bear stand. 
to be peaceful one with another. Some people just always want to fight everything, you know, just stir up stuff everywhere. Just, just, they always start fires everywhere they go. Church is no excuse or no, there's no difference in church. There are people like that in the house of God. Always see what's wrong. Always see what's negative. But Jesus said, this is a dead end. You're going to have to deal with this. If you don't follow peace with all men, preachers, he said, you're never even going to see him. I don't care how much you believe in it. You're never even going to see him. That makes it something more important than just my belief system. That can change. Someone said, if you don't like your life, change your beliefs. If you don't like your beliefs, change your thoughts. You know that 249 times in the King James Bible, 249 times the word believe or a derivative of that word appears. 99 times, 99 of those 249 times, it's in the Gospel of John. What do you believe today? Is it just founded on grandma's hand-me-down tradition? No disrespect intended. Or is it founded upon signpost and scriptural bedrock? You never heard anybody say it before. You heard it now. You're not going to heaven except you're born of water and spirit. That's not Pentecostal doctrine. That's Bible. That's, that's not tradition, that's scripture. I, I know it's going to happen. Your, your husband's going to be bending your ear, sis, on the way home today. Your wife's going to be bending your ear, bro. Just tell them scripture said. Jesus said it. As Brother Bear preached in this church, he said, if Jesus said it, that settles it. All right, here we go. I'm, on, I'm done. Follow peace with all men and holiness. You know what the word holiness is translated in most other major significant translations of any respect? Sanctification. It means to set apart for the purpose of something sacred. So holiness is a way of life. On Saturday night when you're around your chums and buddies, follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness is something you're supposed to be abiding by and living because of. Everywhere, no matter what the construction crew talks like, no matter what kind of drugs are being passed around the, the crew, follow peace with all men and sanctification. Set apart. I love you today as your pastor, and I love you enough to tell you this, that, that if you've got friends that just know how to persuade you to lay down your Christian virtue when they're around, if they're that powerful over you, if they have that much power over your testimony, you need new friends. You need new friends. Because you can't, you can't please God. You'll never see the Lord without peace and holiness in your life. A separation cause for sacred purposes. Not saying you think you're holier than anybody else. No, 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 no. But you've got your mind made up. 
You can't live an evil life and please a holy God. You can't be involved in filthy things and God be blessed and God bless you. So no matter where you go, what you think about heaven, you already said you believed it. If we don't stop at that dead end and say, I've got to be born again of water and spirit. And I've got to have a desire to be at peace with my fellow man. And I've got to have a sanctification, a, a part of my ambition that, that pushes me to be apart from evil or the world or sinful things. Ungodliness in any capacity. If that's not living in us and driving us and fueling us, I didn't say it, the writer said it. Brother Larry, you'll never see the Lord without it. So, no matter your twist or your take on peace or holiness, this scripture demands we find out what he's talking about. You can't ignore it. You have to find out what he's talking about. Well, I'll pray about it. find out before it's too late. Someone said, there are no unbelievers in heaven and there are no unbelievers in hell. I, I, I acknowledge that. Paul said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. He's talking about heaven. We're of all men most miserable. Here we go. I'm inviting anybody that cares today to this altar to Young and old, visitor, maybe you just disagree with everything I said today. Why don't you come up here and we'll pray together. Hmm? We'll pray together. Come on, folks. Some of you have never even been up here. In the name of Jesus, let's come. Let's come hungering and thirsting. This is not an opinion here. This is a dead-end commandment. This is not an opinion here. This is a commandment. To love one another with a pure heart fervently. To seek Him. Thirst for Him. Long for Him. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.